Hello to any and everybody who may be listening to this podcast. My name is Dustin Oliver. This is American Youth. And welcome once again to June. This is Pride Month, where we're celebrating the stories of four different LGBTQIA members of the community. And this one today, I'm not going to spend too much time on an introduction because I think the story just needs to be listened to. This is the story of Sam. Sam is the sweetest guy ever. Sam was so nervous when we started to record. It was so cute. And he came in and he told his story. Sam and I met like a month ago, maybe two months ago. And we like went to dinner and he told me all about like himself and his story. And I was like, oh my God, this is incredible how much you've gone through and how are you still like alive? Like, how are you still happy and functioning? I just can't imagine what I would do if I had gone through some of the things that you've gone through. His story is really, really inspirational, and I think it's remarkable. And I think I've said one time before there was a story where I thought this is the reason why I do that, why I wanted to do this podcast, and this is one of those stories. Um, this is absolutely hands down a journey that he's been on to get to where he's at now, and I'm really proud of him. And I think the second you listen to this story, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Anywho, I am... Not going to bore you any further with my ramblings and my talking. This is the story of Sam during Pride Month this June on American Youth. say it's an I think it's in horrible condition because my dog who is kind of walking around and pacing jumped through it the other day she's okay but she completely jumped through it and I got a call a call from my neighbor that was like hey um I hate to be the one to tell you this but your dog just jumped through your window and like my windows don't open they're just like windows so I'm like oh <laughs> okay so I had to like rush home and she's fine but anyway thank you for coming over when it's kind of, I feel like my life is kind of in shambles right now. I've got no, of course. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, so Sam, you are from Oklahoma. I am. And you have one of the most, I remember like the first time you were kind of telling me your story and you were talking about like how you came in to be like who you are and accepting who you are. I was just, I was literally listening to it and I was like, what? Like, I'm like, that is insane. Like that was my whole thought process. I'm like, that's, I can't believe that. But I guess it's like I grew up really fortunate, like when I grew up and came out and everything. Um, but yeah, so like what what was it like when you were younger coming up, like what were kind of like the frustrations or the feelings in your head about like who you were and your sexuality? Yeah, so for throughout elementary school and really throughout middle school and really even high school, um, I really suppressed a lot of my feelings and my attractions. Uh, I just didn't think about them. Um, uh, whenever I, I saw someone that I was attracted to, uh, I, I don't know, I just would, I, I didn't really put a lot of thought into what that meant. Um, you just knew it was like a feeling? I knew it was a feeling. Do you remember your first crush? 
I do. I remember mine. Who, uh, what was yours like? So it was in sixth grade. Um, I remember, I don't remember his name. Doesn't um, matter. But I, yeah, he, uh, true. Um, but yeah, so I literally, he, I would see him every single day while walking down the, the hallway, um, going to class. And I literally would refer to him in my head as, oh, that's my guy. Like, that's the guy that I'm like into. I think he's, you know, I think he's cute. I think he's cute. Um, and, um, but yeah, never talked to him. I was, uh, definitely really nervous. Um, and then in seventh grade, um, I also had a crush. Uh, I do remember his name. Um, and I remember we were standing outside, uh, Spanish class, uh, like waiting to go in because the other class hadn't ended yet. And, um, he ended up coming to ask like a really random question, like about the book. Like, did I did I bring like all the supplies to our class? And I remember just freezing and <laughs> not being able to like get words out. And then he he finally walked away after I like very. Uh, uh, he he finally walked away after I very. Uh, God, I can't even say this. Think of the word like you were like really nervously like answered his question. Yeah, nervous like I am nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I was having a hard time like getting the words out, and then he finally walked away, and then I just remember wait. So what did you say? Was it just like stutter? Like uh, uh, uh. oh yeah, majorly stuttered. Um, had uh, I think I said maybe two or three words to him, and then he walked away after that, and I was like. Oh, God, I talked to my crush. <laughs> That's cool. He's like walking away like, what the fuck was that about? And you're like, oh my God, we talked. <laughs> my, the first time I ever felt a weird feeling was when, it was when um, uh, Mr. Brightside came out. Oh, yes. Um, and I remember like being at my grandparents' house and watching the music video. And I don't even know who the lead singer of The Killers is. Some people would be really upset at that. But like, I don't even know who the lead singer of The Killers is. But I remember like, watching the video and feeling this tingly feeling of like oh my and i'm like i remember thinking like what is this what is that what why do i like why do i feel this way looking at him yeah and now that i look back at the video i'm like i'm not even like into him but i don't know it was like at the time it was just kind of like i didn't know what the feelings were yeah like i just knew like i felt like i needed to impress him or something and also did you ever watch ned's declassified no i didn't you didn't Mm -mm. okay well if anyone did i had a huge crush on ned Huge crush. Okay. Um, so you, you grew up. So you grew up in like a really conservative Christian home, right? So I I grew up in a pretty conservative Christian home, um, and my I just didn't have a grid for what gay was. Uh, growing up, I just really didn't have. Uh, I didn't know other people who were gay. Our family, we just didn't spend a whole lot of time with people that were gay. Um, they just we didn't know a whole lot of people, to be honest. Um, and so that was just something that I wasn't really exposed to. Um, and so as I started coming to terms with some of my attractions, I didn't necessarily know where to turn. Um, growing up, um, throughout middle school and high school, um, I, I really didn't think about the attractions. Um, I... I had crushes on guys, uh, but I never made that connection that, okay, what you are feeling right now, that is gay. Like I didn't mm-hmm. ever use that word until or it's like, that's a same sex attraction. That's like, a, yeah. exactly. I, I just, 
I spent my I spent my time not thinking about it. I suppressed a lot of my feelings, um, and uh, I just I I honestly I operated as if they did not exist. So when you have friends that were, and I, this is such an easy like kind of interview to do because I like feel like I've gone through a lot of the similar feelings. Yeah. So whenever you, so I'm essentially just asking questions that I would ask myself, you know? Yeah. Um, so when you have your friends who were saying things like, oh, I'm into so-and-so or I'm into this girl or I'm blah, 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 like, or like, check this out, like, look at this Victoria's Secret magazine, like something like that. Like, what, what do you, what did you say to that? How do you react to that? Yeah. So I, did you just kind of lie? Um, so so some of those things, like some of those experiences I didn't necessarily have. Like I um I never like sat around with, you know, other guys my age and was like, oh, look at this Victoria's Secret message. <laughs> I we just never did that. Um I so and I girls were just things that I really didn't talk about with Did um, your friends talk about age. that with you? Not really. And what's interesting, um, and this has been something that I've kind of realized after the fact, most of my friends that I grew up with, um, that I uh, was close to, ended up being gay. Really? A lot of them turned out to be gay. Um, my childhood, um, like my, uh, my my very best friend in elementary school, he's gay. My friend in high school, he was gay. Mm-hmm. My friend in middle school, he was gay. So that I think, which is interesting, um, I think it's kind of interesting to think about because I just kind of naturally gravitated towards those people. And so mm-hmm. those types of discussions like about girls just never, never came, came up. up. Yeah. So because if you were with, cause I know, I remember like being with my friends when I was younger, especially like sixth and seventh grade. I remember hanging out with, there was like a time in seventh grade when I hung out with like this whole football team and we were all friends and hanging out and they would like, this might get graphic, but like they would like, you know, when it was just us, they would like pull up porn on the computer and be like, look at this. And, um, they would talk about how, oh my God, I love her so-and-so like she's so hot and like stuff like that. And like, what do you think? And blah, blah, blah. And you know, my reaction of course was like, yeah, she's so hot and you know, stuff like that. Like, that's kind of like, it was like, I was, I saw what was going on and the way that they were acting. And I like attempted to imitate that. Like I wanted to be like that. Yeah. But in reality, like what you, we talk about crushes is that I guess I was maybe a little bit better at handling my crushes than you were. <laughs> but I remember like having like a crush or two and like us being friends. And for me, it was one of those things where it was like in the back of my head where it's like we were friends, but I was just kind of like, God, I like have a crush on this person. Yeah. And I knew that I did. And I knew from like a younger, I was like, I, I'm totally into guys. Like I knew it. But it was one of those things to me where it was like, this is something that I'm going to have to hide and I have to make it work. So it's interesting that your situation was a little bit different. Like you guys just didn't even talk about it. Yeah, it just, it, it never came up. Mm-hmm. And because of the people that I hung out with, they didn't come up. Um, now, not everybody was like that. Like I was friends with people that uh, were not gay. Mm-hmm. Um, but Why? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like some of my very best friends are not gay. Mm-hmm. Um um, but those were just things that we, we really didn't talk a lot mm-hmm. about. So when, when did you kind of get to the age where you started to, you started to realize like, I, did you have a point to where you were like, I'm never, no one, you figured it, you like, you realized it and you were like, no one's ever going to know. I did. Um, so I was, well, what age was that? That was 19. Okay. Yeah. So we, um, 
So it was kind of fun. We, uh, my family, uh, my dad worked for American Airlines. Um, so he surprised me on a trip to London. Um, so we went to London and we were like walking around the city. And I just remember walking around and like being bombarded by how many people I was attracted to. It was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then, uh, um, and I don't remember really what set off all of this internal thinking, but I just remember this was like our first or second night we were in London and um, I was just laying there like trying to sleep, but I kept thinking like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I was like really into that guy. I was really into that guy and really into that guy. And that's when I finally made like the connection that everything you have been feeling uh, internally uh, forever for for your life that all is gay you have same-sex attractions yeah and i just remember being so ashamed of that uh, when you come across that realization was that like a, a hurtful realization for you at oh, the time i bawled yeah um i i i bawled for a while um and yeah it was in the middle of the night um so no one knew uh but i was just so broken i i i just kept thinking like what had happened in my life like why did like why, why did this was happen this to happening me? to me yeah um and that was the first time that i felt just very broken for being who i was um and so that kind of so after that trip um like i i swore like I would never tell anybody. I remember thinking like, there's not a, a person on earth that will ever find out that this is how I feel. Um, this will die with me. It's going to my grave. Oh yeah. Um, and that's how I operated. Um, obviously that did not happen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, so, um, after that trip, I, um, and a lot of, a lot of through what's been kind of interesting too, is that, through this journey, um, I have journaled a whole lot. Um, I have journals dating back 10 years from now or 10 years ago. Um, so I'm what you can see the future. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, so I do, I have a lot of journals from the past and I'm able to see kind of the progression of how I talk about different things, um, specifically towards my sexuality. And, um, so it's been kind of interesting to see that change, but, um, you know, after that trip, I just remember thinking, you know, this isn't going to, I'm never going to tell anybody. And that's kind of how I operated. I, I tried to just bury the feelings. I tried to pretend like they again, didn't exist, but I had this, I finally had made this connection that, okay, you are attracted to guys. So I had that just gnawing at me. Um, and it really was, that's, that's that was the first time that I really started to feel just very ashamed of who I was. No, yeah, I remember <clears throat> having feelings like that. Mine were a little bit different than that, though. Mine, I never thought about, oh my gosh, what, like, like I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want these attractions. My thought was like, why wasn't I made? Like, why wasn't, why aren't people okay with this? Why aren't people, like, why do I have to hide this? Why are, 
I'm trying to think of a good way to explain it. I remember even sometimes being like jealous of girls. Did you ever find that? Like I would be jealous of girls because I'm like, oh, she can go up and just like talk to that cute guy and no one's mad at her for it. I was very jealous <laughs> of girls. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, and, I, and a lot of my best friends were girls. And I just remember like sometimes I had one of my friends who I like would lived vicariously through like in high school, you know, and my thing is I told, I told her, you know, she was my friend that knew yeah. and, um, Megan. And, um, so, you know, I would just tell her and be like, oh my God, so-and-so. And then, you know, I just lived through her. I'm like, okay, tell me everything about your relationship, you know, stuff like that. And then I remember getting to probably like 18 or 19 and a friend of mine asked me, why don't you just come out? Like, I think people know, like, and I remember saying, I'll never come out. I'll never come out. And she's like, why? And I was like, because I'll never come out. Because like, I cared so much about, like, I'm like, if people find out, then like, you know, who am I? I have nothing. Yeah. Like, I have nothing anymore. Um, you, which have is, this, you have this image of what life should look like, of yeah. what you should look like. And then when you realize, oh my gosh, I don't fit that. Yeah. Uh, it it can create a lot of shame. And, yeah. And, and you get this, you get those feelings of like, I don't, and then it's like, why did this happen to me? Like blah, blah, blah. And you do the whole like pray the gay away thing, which I want to talk about that with you. <laughs> oh yeah. Because you have been through kind of some interesting things mm -hmm. in the pray the gay away department. Do you, and I, I know kind of like bullet points, but obviously I don't know the whole story cause I didn't go through it. So what, what was, what's kind of your experience with like, um, the church and like becoming who you are. Yeah. So, um, so this was around 2012 when I, I had finally reached a point to where I realized I could not continue, uh, to keep this a secret. I had to tell somebody because, um, it just was, I, uh, the shame kept building up and I just was really getting down. And so, mm. um, so I ended up, um, I originally, I actually told two of my closest friends, um, in our living room in college that I was attracted to guys that I struggled, quote, struggled. Oh, that's with the word that strength. you used. I struggled with. I did. Were you at uh, like a, were you, was this in college? This was in college. Were you at like a Christian based college? So I went to the university of Oklahoma. Um, but I, uh, joined a Christian fraternity in college and, mm -hmm. Um, in high school, I went to a Christian high school, so I had surrounded myself with very conservative Christian people, and um, and so and that's who I was as well. Uh, and so that's the language that I used is that I struggled with same-sex attraction, um, and I just remember telling them it was being like so sad, like I couldn't believe that I was having to go through this process and explain to other people that this was a struggle of mine. Um, and then after that, I ended up talking to a pastor. Um, it was one of several pastors that I talked to, but uh, this was the first one. Uh, I was a pastor there in Norman, um, and uh, which is where the University of Oklahoma is. Um, and just, I met him at Panera Bread and told him my story. And, um, and I remember Oh, I just remember being so sad after that conversation because I remember him telling me that, you know, Sam, I don't, I don't know what success looks like in this area for you. Um, and 
at the time, I just couldn't believe that that's what he was saying because um, I believed I believed that God could do whatever he wanted to. I believed that I believed that you know he would ever eventually take the feelings away. Like that was the path that I was dead set on going down uh, because I believed 100% that the attractions would go away, that I truly did just struggle with this and that eventually I would not struggle with this. Um, so really hurt me that a, that a pastor was telling me that this wasn't uh, something that I might so essentially, not necessarily. It's like, it's like you kind of have somebody that's saying, I'm, I hate to say this, but. I don't see a successful future for you, like essentially. Yeah, and I was not willing to accept that mm-hmm. um, in the As slightest. As you shouldn't have, yeah. Uh, so, uh, never talked to him again, actually. <laughs> um, and then with, uh, and we're best friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you kind of have like whenever you get to a certain point, you kind of a pastor in Tulsa gives you like kind of some advice about like a person to talk to, right? About this. Yeah. So after I met uh, with the pastor in Norman, um, I ended up getting in contact with the pastor in Tulsa, and um, he got me in contact with a few different people. One of those individuals was someone that I actually met at his house, and he, uh, he was telling me his story about how he had at one point been in a same-sex relationship and um, the damage that that had caused to his life. And then how he had gone to a conference. He became a Christian at this conference. And then three months after becoming a Christian was free from homosexuality. Okay. And Interesting. Yeah. And so as I was meeting with him and he was telling me his story, I was just engulfed in it. I'm like, this is exactly what I've been looking for. This is... This is why the pastor who told me, you know, I don't know how this ends for you. This mm-hmm. is this is what I was looking for. This was someone that had overcome um, the attractions. Um, and I remember asking, like, so are you attracted to your wife? And he was telling me yes. And, um, and specifically after he told me how he had become free after becoming a Christian, like, that was something that I, I remember at the time struggling with because at the time I had been, you a were a Christian. For, yeah, yeah. I had been a Christian for 10 years and I still, my faith is still very important to me, but I, I had, I had been in that realm for so long. Um, and, uh, I had not found freedom in it, but I thought, okay, maybe if I just try harder, the attractions will go away. And so, after that, um, really for about three months, um, and even longer than that, uh, I would literally wake up in the middle of the night. I would pray. Um, I would um, I would fast. I did a lot of fasting during that time. Um, I remember going to different conferences to see if that would help. Um, and nothing was improving. And during this time I'm journaling and I'm like talking about the experience and, um, explaining like how I'm feeling throughout, you know, that three month process. And I, I remember writing, like, I just, I feel like it's getting like the attractions are getting stronger and they're not going away. Um, 
and then when three months officially hit after I met with uh, that guy, I, that was a really hard day for me because. Did I, you think that that day you were just going to wake up and that you were going to be free? I did. Yeah. And um, it was not working. And then after, uh, and then after that, I got in contact with uh, an individual who runs an organization through a church there in Tulsa um, who wanted to have uh, prayer sessions. Um, they were going to last, uh, it's going to be six days long, and the prayer sessions were going to be seven hours. In well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. So explain this to my simple mind. So what, what, is, what does that mean? It means you, you're going to go somewhere for six days, mm -hmm. and then you're going to pray for seven hours a day. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like you just like praying? Like you like like praying, praying? Or like do you like do praying activities? Or like so, I don't understand this. So I had a book um, that he had given me that talked about spiritual warfare, Um and then I had a prayer book as well. But basically, um, I met with him one time. Um, I did not end up going through the program. Okay. Um, but basically, he was explaining to me that... Can I ask you, was he going to... Did you have to pay for the program? No, uh, it okay. was going to be free. Okay. Um, but basically, he was explaining how demonic forces had caused the attractions. Um, and so... Uh, I had to actually fill out, it was 24 pages long. It was an inventory, which an inventory, for people that aren't familiar with those words, it's literally, it's a 24-page document that explains every detail of my life. So basically, I had to write everything that had ever happened to me from being born, actually before I was born, and like how my family lived prior to me being born, to present day. Um, they, the point of it was to figure out if there were demonic forces due to decisions you had made, decisions that your family had made. And this goes on like, like decades prior to me being born. Like I had to answer questions about my, my parents, parents, parents. Um, it just was very detailed, but basically he was going to use that to determine what, sin had occurred that caused my same-sex attraction okay i have two questions for you <clears throat> so my first one is when you're telling me this now like when you're using these words like demons and things like that what are you th at this very moment like what are you thinking of when you when you're using those words like do you think this is not normal like or do you think like this sounds so now um being on the other side of everything, um, it makes me it makes me sad that um, whenever I think about that specific time of my life, it makes me sad that um, whenever I was going through something that was very painful um, and that I was having a hard time processing, that there were people telling me that well, it's because of a demon. So not only am I having a hard time processing the fact that I am gay, uh, I'm being told that I have a demon. And so it's, it's sad that people react that way. It makes me angry. 
Um, yeah, because I'm thinking the only thing that it does is it makes me very, very mad. Yeah. Like, it makes me very mad. I think... Like, even now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it... I think a, a big problem is that when someone hears something or is exposed to something that they're not used to or not familiar with. So my story of being gay was, um, it was a shock for some people. I was one of the first gay people that several of my friends were exposed to. And um, um, it's easy to jump to conclusions it's easy to kind of write it off and to stay in your own worldview. And a lot of people just don't sit there and listen. And I wish that, I wish that throughout this process that more people had listened and said, you know, maybe what I've thought about this in the past, maybe I'm wrong in something. Um, but no one thought they were wrong. Everyone, uh, not everyone. Uh, a lot of people were very passionate about their opinions. Um, and so um, after meeting with the guy that told me that I had a demon, um, I just remember going back and forth being between like, oh my gosh, I don't have a demon inside me, to panicking at sometimes. Like there were times when I'd be like, oh my gosh, maybe he was right. Maybe I do have a demon. Um, and th that followed me for a few years, uh, which uh, was not great. No. I, well, my second question that I had for you earlier, did you at any point during this, when this is happening, did you have any thought of like, maybe they are wrong? No. That didn't come until a few years later. So the entire time they're saying these things to you, you're just like, okay, okay. Like you, you genuinely believe. I genuinely, I genuinely believed that I was still going down the right path and that eventually the attractions would go away. I questioned the validity of me having a demon inside of me. Um, but I still felt that this was still the path that I needed to go down. Um, and so I have spent the, the next several years still waging a war inside of myself um, and really doing anything that I could to, um, that I thought would help make the attractions go away. Um, but unfortunately, I finally came to a point to where I couldn't deny that they were not going away. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that all changed, uh, this was in 2017. Um, I had again, just gotten back from a trip from London. Uh, so London is where apparently all, I have these huge epiphanies about my life specifically in return in terms of being gay. But, um, I had just gotten back from that trip and I was in the airport and, um, someone walked by that I was attracted to. Um, it's like, damn which, it, which, another which it, hot person. Yeah. Which it like happened. You need to wear a shirt that says like, keep hot, hot people stay away from me. Yeah. But I just remember, I, I think at that point in my life, I was so beaten down from like, okay, this is eventually going to go away. This is eventually going to go away. This is eventually going to go away. 
And at that point, I was like, this is not going away. And as soon as I realized this isn't going away, like the floodgates opened. I rushed to the nearest bathroom and just bawled. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I've, I've spent all of this time doing everything that I could to make the attractions go away. And nothing is working. Um, and so that was a really hard thing to accept that the attractions weren't going away. And then I remember a few weeks later, um, this about a few weeks to a month later, realizing, you know, if these attractions aren't going to go away, it's likely that you will never marry a woman. Because I always struggled with that. I always, I remembered as I was like going through this, I still, even though I really, I didn't go on dates um, throughout this process of really trying to uh, become straight. I, I didn't go on mm-hmm. dates with girls, but um, throughout that process, like, okay, eventually this will go away to where I can, you know, date girls and I can get married. And I was in love with that, that idea of getting married to a woman and having just a, a quote, normal life. And when I realized that this wasn't changing and coming to terms with, you know, you're probably never going to marry a woman. I, had a really hard time with that. So there were just several weeks following that event that were just so sad for me. Um, and, you know, unfortunately at this time there weren't many, there really were, there was no one that, um, I had told up to that point that, uh, was affirming of same sex relationships. And so, I was processing all of this on my own. So it's, and it's sad to me, like when you say that, thinking about like you telling people and coming out to your friends and no one and not having one that's like, Oh, cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and then too, whenever I first um, started coming out to my friends, I, I, again, I, I phrased it as I struggle with same sex attraction, but then I had to have re coming outs to, uh, my friends and explain, Hey, so remember when I said that I was attracted to, like, I struggled with this. I had to have new conversations where I explained, I actually, I don't think this is a struggle. And that's when I started using the term gay because it's the most appropriate term. Yeah. I mean, that's for what it is, me yeah. at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you know, after that event and processing some of these hard things, I remember exactly where I was. It was a, it was about a, it was around the same time that I was coming to terms with I probably not going to marry a woman. I remember exactly where I was when I first referred to myself internally as okay, you're gay, and I remember, um, how freeing it felt just mm-hmm. to acknowledge this is who you are, and that's okay. Um, and like, that was actually a great day for me. Um, I had, um, I remember right after I said, you're gay, like going on this huge long walk and just being like, Oh my gosh, this is so freeing. I felt very free. And for the first time in a while, I started to feel a little lighter. Um, and so then after I came to terms with, okay, you're gay, then I started working through, so where does that leave you? Does that mean 
Um, you can eventually, like, you can pursue a relationship with a guy, or does that mean you're called to a life of celibacy, uh, which is um, what some people end up at. Um, and so and I... That, and I think you remember, uh, you told me one time that a pastor recommended that to you, right? Like, that that's what you're going to have to do? Yeah, so the through this process of coming to terms with where does this leave me in life, um, I met with one final pastor. Um, we met three times, um, and man, that was real hard. Um, those conversations were, um, I remember them quite well, but they, um, I just remember the very first time I, I sat with him, I was telling him my story, and um, he gave me some resources um, about um, other people who had these attractions but believed that they were called also to celibacy. And so I read, that was honestly all the resources that I first read as I was coming through this process was all books about celibacy. and. I'm sorry, <clears throat> and I'm sorry to like cut in the middle of no, this. And I hate to say this, but I can't. Like me listening to this is that's fucking insane. Like I'm sorry, and I was like, Dustin, just let him talk, just let him share, just let him listen. But I just like have to butt in. Like that's fucking insane. Yeah. I'm sorry for cursing too, but God, that's fucking fine. crazy. It, anyway, go ahead. You're fine. I'm so sorry. No, gosh, you're fine. Um, like I'm legit mad. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, I bet you were too. I'm over here talking about it. I didn't even experience it and you did. Okay, go ahead. Oh, no, you're fine. I, I look back on it and I sometimes don't know. I've got a, I've got a wide range of feelings towards it. Um, but <laughs> she's panting. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I do. I, I have a lot, a wide range of feelings towards it. I, As I was reading these resources, I just I kept having questions. I didn't understand the why behind it. Um, hey, sorry, that's my dog. Oh, hello, hello. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> oh, yep, she's going okay, over there. Sorry, <clears throat> oh, you're good. Sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah. So as I was reading these resources, uh specifically the ones that were talking about celibacy. I just, I had a really hard time understanding the why behind it. Um, and I remember during that time asking a lot of questions to my friends, um, and even actually to this pastor that I was meeting with. Um, I'd come and um, I remember that second time that we met, I had just finished the book and I was talking through it. And um, I, I just did not understand um, and so continued going through that process. Um, and then I also started at the same time I started reading books where there were people who had started out as unaffirming. They were also, these were individuals that were gay that had started out as unaffirming, but had changed their mind and were, uh, accepting of themselves entering into same-sex relationships. Um, 
and there's a lot of books specifically about like what the Bible says about it, um, interpretations of the clobber passages that mm-hmm. um, I, I have been told a few times, and um, but but yeah, I uh, I don't know what I was going with this. Um, um, yeah, so so you're edit. going through these like books and stuff, and so let's let's so you get to a point now. At what point did you stop kind of like looking to the church to fix your to fix what quote unquote what this problem was? The very last time, uh, it was probably actually the last meeting that I had with this pastor. Um, so this was on our third and final meeting. Um, and, um, at this time, so I was actually volunteering at this church that I, uh, was, um, uh, at the same church that I was meeting with at this pastor. And, um, I specifically was volunteering in the youth ministry, um, because I was, I like kids. I, I, I like working with kids. And so I thought, okay, I'll do that. And so I volunteered for several months in the youth ministry. Um, and what I did was I, uh, we'd have a service. I would help, you know, facilitate you know, games, but then we would break off into small groups. Um, and so I worked specifically with seventh grade boys. Um, and then our group changed slightly. Um, and then the, uh, we actually had an addition to our group. And the addition was, it was the pastor's son. So the guy that I'd been meeting with, um, his son was going to be in my group. Um, and again, I'm, 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 I'm responsible for leading a group of guys that are in seventh grade, which is around the same time that I first started having these attractions towards guys. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, what if he says something like what what if he what if this you know child comes up you know, or a teenager like what if he says like hey i am attracted to guys and i don't know what to do with that um i remember being concerned because i didn't know what i would say in that case like if if he was coming to me asking for advice um at that point in my life, I was becoming more affirming of same-sex relationships, but I knew how, how the church felt. How yeah, the, how the church felt, and so I was hesitant to continue leading a group of guys that that potentially could put me in a weird situation. And so I met with him um, for the last time and started. Uh, I was explaining my reasoning for that and. Um, and then just, I was really explaining, you know, I just am not convinced that same-sex relationships are wrong. And and I will never forget this. He started to tell me that if I were to ever date a guy, um, that I would not love God with my whole heart. And, um, and I was just blown away Um, because I remember after that meeting really just doing on that. Like if I, if I date a guy, would I really, would I really not love God? 
Um, and I didn't believe that at all, uh, because I knew exactly where I was then. And, um, I knew how I thought about God still. And I just, I, I knew that wasn't true, which at that point is when I realized I am not going to include pastors in this anymore. I'm not going to, I'm not going to look to the church uh, for advice on this. Um, I'm going to have to go a different route. Um, so, and that was so that was kind of an interesting transition mm-hmm. switch. Um, but so, it, what happens after that? So, um, that was so. So shortly after that, I stopped going to the church altogether. Um, I just, I needed a break. Um, we were going on nearly 10 solid years of intense battling within myself. Um, and I just needed a breather. Um, and so then around the same time, I, I knew that I knew that, again, I knew that I was gay. I knew that, um, and I also knew that I didn't want to hide it anymore. I was tired of being ashamed of myself. Um, and I was, I wanted to be proud of myself. I wanted to be proud of who I was and my life and where I was going in life. Um, and so I worked around that same time as when I started working with, uh, my friend from Oklahoma. Uh, she is wonderful, uh, Saxon, thank you for everything, but um, <laughs> she's great. We uh, love you, girl. God, I <laughs> love her. Mm-hmm. So she helped me film a video where I talk about my life and my life experience, and um, it was it's my coming out video. Yeah. Um, and we spent a few months trying to look like work through and figure out what it would look like and um it was a long process but we spent a lot of nights in the middle of the night just talking and um but yeah we we ended up filming a video where i just i explained my life story and i geared it towards at the time the majority of people in my life at the time were unaffirming of not only same-sex relationships, but a lot of them were unaffirming of the fact that I was referring to myself as gay. Um, A lot of people that I knew still wanted me to refer to myself as I still struggle with same-sex attraction. Um, So they're telling you, they wanted to tell you how you should identify? They did. Um, I had, unfortunately... I'm so mad. (laughs) I did have, I did have conversations like that, and, um, but yeah, I... And I just was tired of that. And so yeah. I was ready to make some big changes. And so we made a video. Um, and then I had a coming out party uh, with some of my friends that were affirming of me and um, released the video with them there. And uh, then we 
went to dinner and then we went to the gay bars after that. <laughs> it was so much fun. Oh, so what, let me, what's your, um, Instagram handle so that someone can come uh, You know what? No. Well, you can tell me your Instagram handle, but I'm going to link the video directly into the comment or the, uh, about me of this, of this episode. Yeah. But what's it's, your Instagram? It's Sam R Wilson. Exactly uh, how it sounds. Yeah. S A M R W I L S O N. But I want to say, so your story I, it's hard for me to listen to something like that because I think I obviously I think about like, what would I do? Mm. And to be honest with you, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I listening to something like that makes me so mad. Like at the fact that people can talk to people this way and just have no deliberate just deliberately like no they're just like this is the way that it is and whatever you're saying i don't want any new information at all it's like the the door is completely shut on anything new mm-hmm. and to me that is like the worst thing ever i think when you stop learning about new things and you've accepted this is what the world is this is what it is this is the box i'm gonna live in that's when i think you really like stop living i mean because what's left at that point you've already experienced everything that you're gonna learn you know that's it. So I listen to your story and I, I just like, it makes me proud that you're here. Well, thank you. Um, and that you've like come to be who you are. It just makes me so mad because when I hear things like that, I just think of all the experience that experiences that you were robbed of. And this is something that I talk about like with my friends. I don't talk about it like publicly really, but like there are things that bother me because I feel like there's certain experiences that a lot of like LGBTQIA people have been robbed of. And that's like the crush. And that's like, you know, uh, taking so-and-so to prom or like, you know, that first relationship or like posting like the pictures with your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. I mean, I know there's exceptions to that rule and I know that that's happened, but I think typically like 19 out of 20, like for me, when I, when I've like had my first crushes and stuff, I had no one to talk to about it. I couldn't tell anyone. And then when I had my like crutches on people, you know, on either friends or whoever or people that I saw, I could never talk to anybody about it then either when I was really young. I had no one to talk to about it because it was wrong. And now that I look back on it, I feel like I was robbed of that. You know, like I'm, I'm kind of bitter about it. I am. And I hate to say that, but I, maybe someone else feels similarly, but I feel like that's bullshit. Like I was robbed of like that first kiss, yeah. like the first date of like my mom dropping me off. Well, I'm not my, not saying my mother's like unaffirming because she's completely not, but it's just like, it's like, I, you know, having like my parents be like, oh yeah, let's take you on your date with so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. You know, like those things that happen when you're younger with saint, with people who are, you know, straight. Yeah. I just, I never had those experiences and that makes me mad because, you know, I'm, I'm 25 now. Like I can't go back to like a first date or like a first kiss or something like that. Like that just doesn't happen. Yeah. It's not the same. And it's not the same as going on a date being like a young LGBTQIA kid as going on a date and being like, oh my God, I like, like this person. We're going to go to the movies and blah, blah, blah. You just... It, you don't have that experience because you're not genuinely attracted to the person that you're with. Yeah. I was, so, uh, I was really, there was a time when I was just very frustrated and 
bitter, I think is a good word uh, to use, uh, about how life had turned out. Like, I couldn't believe that I had to go through those experiences to get to where I am now. And they were, um, I think it could have been really easy to stay in a place to where I'm, I am the victim. Um, but I don't like that. I don't want to, I'm not a victim. And I, I, uh, you know, a lot of this, um, uh, a lot of this I've learned to, just kind of let go because um, mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to go through life being mad at other people. I don't want to be, um, I just don't want to be upset. Uh, you're com- I, I mean, be, you're completely right. Yeah. yeah. I just want to be happy and um, I want to have the best life that I can. Um, and I use, I, I, I realize that sure, everything I'd gone through up to this point, some of it was really hard and some of it was very lonely. Um, but it has helped shape me into the person I am now. Um, and I am much more empathetic to other people, uh, who have hard situations in their life, regardless if it's gay related or not. Um, I am so much more inclined to sit down and just listen. And if I don't understand something, I'm not going to deviate to, okay, well, since I don't understand this, this is what is, this is, this is truth. I am going to ask more questions and just try my best to understand what's going on like, and try to put myself in their situation. And it has helped change a lot of my opinions on a lot of things, um, just by being more empathetic uh, and humanizing people see. And that's so like, that's absolutely beautiful the way that you put that Thank you. because I mean, you've gone through so much and we're not comparing anything, but like, as far as like, you know, your struggle to like become who you are and come out. Like, I feel like you've gone through a lot and, and you don't like victimize yourself, you know, like you're like, this is what happened to me and this is how it was. Um, but yeah, I hope to like hear more from you or on here or whatever. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, hopefully you don't have to edit too much. Uh, it'll be okay. It'll be good. That means I'll just be well-versed on like whatever I'm talking about yes. here. <laughs> anyway, thanks, Sam. Of course. Thank you so much, Dr. <laughs> Bye.